Good morning, church. Uh, before I even begin, I just want to say uh, to Pastor Jeff, I want to thank you for this opportunity to share the Word of God this morning. Um, it is an honor. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. Um, God is faithful to my family, my wife, my in-laws. I thank you for being here. Love you guys. Listen, God is so good. Before I begin, I wanted to uh, reflect on a video we watched this past Wednesday for our Thanksgiving Eve service that talked about the thankful chair. Uh, when I think about this thankful chair, I was humbled because I realized uh, sometimes I get too busy. Sometimes I get very distracted trying to do God's work that sometimes God's just saying to sit down, sit down. So this isn't necessarily a part of my sermon, but I thought it was important to share why I'm thankful. You see, we've, we've come on staff about five to six months ago, my wife and I, to pastor the student ministries and the young adults. And in just these short months, we started with one student, and we have a roster of about 12 to 13 kids. Nothing that we've done, amen, nothing that we've done simply all, well, actually, what we have done is just put God first. That's it. That's all God was calling us to do is put him first and center the whole services about him. What else am I thankful for? I'm thankful for you, that you trusted us to come on staff. I'm thankful for the life I have because I haven't been, I wasn't a Christian my whole life. 18, 19 years of my life, I was living in the world, messed up, didn't grow up in the church. So I'm thankful. Amen? Amen. So again, as I said, I haven't been a Christian my whole life, but some way, as I was reflecting with my wife, excuse me, as I was reflecting with my wife and my in-laws, I like looked at my life in like a whole timeline and I realized every single part of my life there was somebody of faith involved. Somebody God would put into my life to systematically meet me where I was. Starting with my grandfather. My grandfather was the only man saved in my entire family. Funny enough, I just found out that he wasn't saved his whole life. He actually lived in the world, right? And he, he was a drunk, and that's what his life was until one day God got a hold of him. When he realized, oh, snap, I got to get about this life. And he changed. God got a hold of him. And he would always set this example of love, patience, peace, servitude. All these things I would see him do. He led by example. When I was in elementary school, first time I ever lied in church was because the neighborhood friends said, hey, come to youth group. And again, I wasn't a church kid, so I was like, ah, I don't really want to. But they're like, no, just come on. And I was like, all right, cool, fine, I'll do it. I had influence. When I went to church, I lied, and I said I was in sixth grade so I can go to the youth group <laughs> instead of being with the elementary kids. So, but, but God would use my neighborhood friends to intentionally meet me where I was, to challenge me to just try it out. When I was in high school, I had a friend named Aaron who was super influential. Uh, he was the D1, uh, he was recruited for D1 track. He was loved by all the professors and loved by all the students and just really well respected. One day, no wait, before I go there, one day uh, I was at his house and I remember staying over, it was in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was the first time in my life that I ever heard gunshots from the city, didn't hear a lot of gunshots. Uh, you'd, well, anyways. Uh, 
and I remember falling under the ground, and, and, but this was the life that he lived. And one day, uh, he would get mentored by some people of his church, and he would randomly give his life to the Lord and come back to school changed. And because he had so much influence on everybody, he would challenge everyone to seek God. And one of the things he would do is invite us to a Bible club in the 7 a.m. Uh, with one of my favorite professors. And we would go through the daily bread. I'm sure everybody knows what that is. I didn't. And we'd read scripture and we'd begin to pray over the school and over our days. And I still wasn't a Christian, but I, I appreciated uh, this opportunity every morning. And those little things that uh, people in my life would do would, sure enough, plant seeds. Um, that church I spoke of when I was in elementary school that I went to ended up being my home church years later. But why do I say all this? I say this because God uses people, everyday people. He doesn't use just pastors. Uh, I think a lot of times we think that it's the pastor's job to bear witness of the good news, but yet, church, it's our job and so when I was thinking about what to title this sermon, um, I thought about a baseball reference. You know, if we know about batters, right, we got the person in the hole who's waiting, right? He's waiting to, to go up to bat. You got the person on deck. Then you got the person that's actually next, but actually, church, the person that we are today is the ones that are up. We, church, are up. It is our turn to plant seeds, to bear witness of God's good news. God, again, like I said, he systematically used people to meet me where I was, challenge my thinking, love me where I was, and be patient. These were people, ordinary, everyday folks who said yes to God to allow themselves to be used. Church, are we willing to let God use us? So we are up, church. Before I get into scripture, we're going to be reading out of Romans 10. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity I'm so grateful. God, right now, I just pray that you would hide me behind your cross, that you, God, would shine forward. Lord, there are people that have, might have come in this morning with hurts, with baggage, with needs. I pray, Lord God, that some way, somehow, this message would challenge them, would encourage them, would remind them of your love and your goodness to them. Father, I pray that we would just be in tune with you now. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Romans uh, is a book, a letter written by Paul the Apostle. Some of us might know him as Saul. This is the man right knocked off his high horse in the Damascus Road. He wrote this letter to the Roman church specifically to speak to the church who was kind of wrestling with the law and Christianity. Uh, a lot of Jewish believers wanted to stick to the law. This is how you got to do it. This is the only way. But Paul was like, no, 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 hold on. I get it. But the law is actually what exposes the reality of a need of a savior. The law is what opens our eyes to realize we're far off, we're a mess, we're broken, and we're not perfect, nor will we ever be until we allow Jesus into our lives and we pass from this earth. So Paul wanted to challenge the thinking of the church this day, on these days. Bible reads, and so, uh, sorry, pro, ugh, I can't even speak right now, excuse me. Romans 10, verses 13 to 14. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have not ever heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Church, we are up. There's a people group out there, our families, 
of friends, coworkers, classmates that don't have the hope that we have. These are people that need the good news shared with them. So church, we are up. We are up to know God. We are up to know his word. The only way that we can know him, right, is if we take time to pray. We take time to read his word. We take time to come into church like this and learn and get our assignment. Church, the church building in itself is just a place where we can come and gather. We can come and grab the information that we need, yes, to be healed from some of the situations that we got going on in our lives, but also to get our assignment to go out into the community around us. We need to know the Lord. We need to know his will for our lives. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When I think about this psalm, I'm, I'm reminded of whenever I do read scripture, oftentimes I feel like it's a mirror of exposure. It exposes the flawness within me, but it also exposes the grace that God has for us. The word is what it, it's the instruction manual. Sometimes the, the Bible will mention that it's a sword to help us combat the world, right? But it's also an instruction manual of how to live. So church, we need to be getting into the word. God is calling us to know him. His heart is for us. His heart is for his church and bride. And in order to get out into the world and go share that good news, we need to dive in. We need to press in. We need to know him for all that he is, all that he has done, and the plan of what he's going to do. In order so that we must dwell, sorry, excuse me, we must dwell with the Lord. Our second point today is that we must posture ourselves. We must place ourselves before the Lord. I had a friend in college who, he said, Savi, God wants to use you, but it's not until you posture yourself before the Lord. When you bow low and you allow him to speak over your life, you allow him to meet you where you are. You allow him to cleanse you of the imperfection that is in you, but also where you allow him to bring guidance to where he's calling you. God can't use us, church, unless we've postured ourselves before him. He can't use us unless we plug in. The Bible says in John 15, 4, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I believe that Jesus is simply telling us that we need to remain in him. It's plain as day. I don't have to break down the theology for us. If we're not postured before the Lord, if we're not plugged in, connected with God, we are walking empty. We are walking with no backup. Church, it is time to posture ourselves before the Lord. Well, Pastor Savi, how do you posture yourself before the Lord? You find that quiet time in your home. You find that quiet time in your commute to work and you spend time not just coming to God with all the things and stuff that is going, in, going on in your world but coming to him saying, Lord, here I am. You see, the people in my, in my life postured themselves. My grandpa specifically postured himself before the Lord every single day. There's not a day I haven't seen that man pray and cry out to God, that God would use him, but more importantly, God would fill him so that out of the overflow, his life would just spew out Jesus. And that man has impacted so many people, I can't even count. And all he did was say yes to God. And his yes meant bowing low. His yes meant that he found time to plug in to the source, right? The Teslas of the world, they don't drive unless they plug in 
Church, God is our source. God wants to use you. You, myself, he wants to use us to spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You see, I tell the students, we only get as much of God that we're willing to seek. The Bible tells us, it describes it as the Lord knocking on the hearts of people, of man. But he's not going to barge in. He's not going to be rude. He's going to wait patiently for our hearts to be open to allow him to come in and invade. But see, when we allow God in, it's not always comfortable, right? Because we talk about the, the word being a light and a lamp. It exposes, it brightens the things that are not good within us. And church, it's so vital that if we want to be used by God, we let him remove, expose and remove the things that are not good for us. We need God to shine that light, to, to, to take away the pride within us, to take away the anger, the frustration, the, uh, the jealousy, all these things that are not fruitful to the call of God. So church, we need to know we are up to know God. We are up to know his word. We are up to know his presence, the sensitivity of his presence. If I were to ask you, when was the last time you dwelt with the Father, would you have an answer? I was challenged with that one day. I was in Bible college, constantly around scripture, constantly around learning about God, and yet someone randomly one day said, Savi, when was the last time you spent time with God? You know what my answer was? I don't know because I was so busy, so caught up, so distracted with everything else, whether it was doing for the Lord or doing assignments or chilling in the lunchroom. I was so caught up with doing everything else. And I remember feeling empty and, you know, God, why aren't you using me? Uh, there's so many people out there I could be witnessing to and, and, and all of this. And he said, well, because you, you never plugged in. You never connected with me. So how can I send you? How can I trust you to go into the world? How can I trust you to lead somebody towards me if you yourself don't seek me? If you yourself don't posture yourself low, so let me do what I need to do within you. Romans 10, verse 15. Our last point. Church, we are up to go. Bible says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Church, we are up. Our feet are meant to be beautiful, right? Not the weird way, but our feet are meant to go. We're we're meant to use these legs of ours to, to travel on and, and, and bear witness of what God has done. Church, we are the messengers, not just the pastors, but every single one of you in this room. If God has gotten a hold of you some way, somehow, if God has met you in your darkest of moments and redeemed you, shaped you, reformed you. If you read his word and you're going, God, that's thank you for what you've done. The next step is to ask the Lord to guide us and how we can go, how we can go and bear witness to our friends and our families that are broken and in need. I have a sister church 
who doesn't know the Lord, and I'm praying often that God would get a hold of her because she has known him at one point of her life. And yet my, my heart's posture every day has to be, God, I can't save her. You got to. When I talk to the students, I say, listen, you're a missionary. Your, your school is the biggest missionary field you have. Posture yourself before the Lord, get to know him, remind yourself of what he's done in your life, and get excited because there's a field of people desperately in need of the good news that you have. It's a gift. Christmas is coming, right? We love to give gifts. Why not give the greatest gift of all, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, that the law in which exposed our darkness and brokenness was justified and forgiven and redeemed by the breaking of God, of Jesus Christ's body for you and I, for our friends, for the people that are, we see every day. So how do we go? You know, we don't just go. We don't just throw scripture at people and say, Jesus loves you and walk away. No, no, no. We allow God to, to break our hearts, right, to expose the brokenness around us. I was driving, getting my hair cut a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I said, God, you know, use me somehow. And I tried to speak to my, my barber. But on my drive to go see her, I saw this wall of people, like, strung out, like, broken, lost drugs. And I go, whoa, God, would you send either me or somebody? Because that's crazy to see this plethora of people who are broken and lost and desperately in need of a savior, desperately in need of more than just rehabilitation. They need God in their lives. And I was just mind blown, but that's what, the, what God has been challenging me to pray. God, use me. Use me to see what it is around me. You know, if I go back to the whole, the, the point of to posture ourselves, uh, I think about Paul. Paul found in Acts 9, Paul actually, after being knocked off his high horse, right, he was blinded, the Bible describes it as, and he was brought to a room and he was locked away with the Lord for a few days. And later on, the Bible says, instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he, he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. You see, but before his, the scales were removed, before God was able to actually use him to activate and go write most of the New Testament, he needed to bow low before the Lord and be taught, be shown the reality of the brokenness around him. See, Saul was a, he was a convictor. He was out there persecuting the church for what they believed in. And, and when he was humbled, he realized, oh, snap, I've got it wrong. And in those times that he was locked out with the Lord, the Lord began to expose the realities of his life and the wrongs that he was doing. But he also began to transform his heart and lead him towards where he needed to be. And as the scales were removed from his eyes, he was then able to see the need and see where he can take his uh, personality, he can take his, his knowledge and take it and put it for good use. Church, our scales need to be removed off our eyes. But before they can, we need to ask God to invade our hearts. Amen? Matthew Henry writes, Somebody must show them what they are to believe, how welcome the gospel ought to be to those to whom it was preached. The gospel is given not only to be known. Let me say that one more time. The gospel is given 
not only to be known and believed, but to be obeyed. It is not a system of notion, but of rule and practice. So church, we've got to practice this. We've got to practice what we preach in our, in our homes. We've got to practice what we preach daily. Church, we've got to bow low before God and say, God, use me. Send me. I want to go. And as I wrap up, I think about something. God was challenging me one day after uh, one of our services. You see, Pastor Jeff often will allow us a time of reflection, allow us a time to bow our heads and close our eyes. And he would ask the question, uh, if there's someone in this room that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, I want to welcome you to raise your hand and we're going to pray over you. And sometimes there's, there's days where it'll be silent and after a few moments, he'll go, I, I'll assume that everyone here in the room is saved. And church, that is amazing. That is amazing to know that every single person I'm looking at right now has a relationship with the Father. But I was challenged with this question. But what about the people outside? What about the people who are lost, broken, that we walk by every single day? What about our classmates? What about our, our families, our sisters, our, all of our siblings? What about these people? That if they were to die today, where are they going? Completely separated from the love of God. I mean, not the love of God, but separated from the opportunity of heaven. Because God's love was we're never separated from that. He'll always love us. But church, there's a people group out there that need you and I. They need the grandpas of the world. They need that neighborhood friend to challenge the, the homie to come to church. To our youth, you know this, we tell you this all the time. God wants to use you to bring your friends that are broken, hopeless, that are looking for everything but God and finding nothing. Church, our world needs that high school friend who is crazy uh, influential. If you're an influence, if you have any influence in any way, which I'm sure you all do, he needs you to go out. Church, this world needs you. When I was at a men's breakfast a few weeks ago at our old church, um, someone once, he said, uh, Christianity is not a spectator sport. We're not called to come to church receive good worship and awesome word and then go home and do nothing with it and just look around around us and go, okay, cool. No, we're called to step up. We are up. Baseball terms, right? We're up. We're not waiting around anymore, church. It's time for us to go and step up. Kurt, if you wouldn't mind coming up. See, I feel like the Lord wanted to challenge us this morning. I didn't have this long message. I feel like it's as simple as this, church. We're called to know the Father. We're called to remember what he's done in our lives. We're called to spend time with him, get our instruction, get our wisdom and, and manual to go into this world. And if, church, you have a heart that says, no longer do I want to sit around and wait. No longer do I want to just allow everybody else to do it or no one at all to do it. I want to go. I want to step up, church, and I want to invite you today to come and ask the Lord 
to lead you, to come and ask the Lord to grant you wisdom and a broken heart and eyes to see. So I would ask Pastor Jeff to come up, my wife, actually my in-laws to come up, and any elder, if you wouldn't mind coming up. We're going to pray today. We're going to pray that God would use us, that God would allow our hearts to be broken so that he would shine through. So church, with every eye closed and head bowed, this is not a salvation call. This is, if your heart is broken for your neighbor, if you see daily brokenness around you, would you simply raise your hand? If you see a world that needs Jesus, would you raise your hand? Church, if your heart says, I want to go, but I don't know how, it's as simple as this. Get low before the Lord and allow him to do a work in you. So church, if you want to be used by the Father, no more waiting around, no more spectating. God, use me. God, send me. If that's you today, not worrying about anyone around you, would you come up now? Don't even wait. Just begin to come up and allow God to do what he wants to do. If you want to allow the Lord to work in your life, you come up. Jesus. And if you're in the room today, and maybe you're in a rut yourself, but somehow, some way, you still want God to get a hold of you, heal you, do a work in you, so that then he can use you, Please don't wait around, church. Come on up. Hallelujah. Church, just begin to pray to God. Don't wait for me. Don't wait for anybody to lay hands. Begin to just worship God and invite him in this moment in your life right now. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Just keep praying to him. Keep praying to him. Thank you, God. Don't leave this altar until you meet with the Father today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, we know that there is brokenness in this world. God, we thank you that you saved our lives, God. That you redeemed us and took us out of our pits, God. God, we worship you this day. We, we say yes to you this day, God. We bring praise to your name this morning, God, because what you have already done in us. 
And God, there are faithful folks in this room who have stepped up and said, yes, God, I want to be used by you. Yes, God, I want my instruction. What do you want me to do? God, there are willing souls in this room who stepped up and said, God, yes, your will be done. Father, I just pray a blessing over them this day. I pray, Lord God, that you would honor their courage and boldness, God, to say yes to you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we would bow low before you and find you. And, Lord, as we seek you, as we explore your word, as we close our, 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 our mouths and listen to you, God, I pray, Father, that you would reveal your wisdom that, God, you would direct us and give us guidance to where you want us to go. Father, like Paul, would you remove the scales from our eyes that so often uh, we, we lose sight of what's actually happening because we're so busy. I pray, God, remove our scales so that we can see the need, God. Father, folks today stepped up because, God, they're no longer wanting to wait around, God. They want to go. They want to be used by you. They want to be able to be a vessel to the brokenness in this world. So, Father, I pray, Lord God, as they seek your face, that they would receive assignment. And, God, they wouldn't wait around, but they would step and go, Lord God. That each day they would find you in the morning and say, God, here I am. Who is it that you want me to speak to? Who is it do you want me to encourage today, Father God? Sometimes it's not throwing scripture out. Sometimes it's simply being a friend. Sometimes it's simply listening and loving on someone. Sometimes it's serving. But God, I pray that our eyes every day would be open to what it is that you are doing, God. May we not miss the mark, Lord God. And God, today I pray for that person who didn't step up because they're ready to go, but who stepped up, Lord God, because they just want to meet with you. I ask God at every moment that they take to seek your face, Lord God, that you would reveal your goodness and love to them. Father, would you reveal your mercy for them? Would you remind them, God, that you sought after them? Lord God, that they, as they were living their world, God, that you left your 99 to meet them. I pray, let them be encouraged. And Father, I pray this, Lord, that you would light a fire in our hearts so that we don't go empty, but that we go ignited, Lord God. And everywhere we would go, we would leave an imprint. As fire does, it leaves a marking. I pray that we would live an imprint of your presence. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we praise you. Father, we thank you. God, we worship you. We give it all back to you, Lord God. And in this moment right now, God, we say yes. Your will be done. In the name of Jesus. And everyone pray. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. Hallelujah. You willing to see lives changed by the power of God? That's what we're here for. That's the reason the church exists, is to bring more people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, we say this every week, are you glad that you're saved? Are you glad someone took the time for you to pray for you, to talk to you, 
and they were long suffering because you probably didn't want to hear it the first time or the second time, but they kept praying for you. They kept praying and they kept talking and they kept living the life before them, before you. And because of that, finally, finally God broke through and you became a believer. Now, if I ask a question, how many would want to go back to the life you had before? Nobody would. Remember that when you're talking to people who don't want to hear it. When the time comes, and it's going to come, where they come to know Christ, they're going to be thankful that you took the time with them. They're going to be thankful for you praying for them. And they're not going to want to go back to the way they were but we are the ones who are instrumental in that, that God uses us. As Pastor Savvy said, how are they gonna hear it unless we tell them, right? God's not gonna write on the wall for them. God will prepare their hearts. God will work on their hearts to get them to a point where they wanna listen. And then you're gonna be there. And the only thing God wants you to be is willing to open your mouth and tell them what God did for you. That's what a testimony is. You don't have to be a theologian or a scholar. All you gotta do is tell them what God did for you. And they can believe it. And they can see the change. And for those of us who got saved later in life, people see the change. And you know what? At some point, they're gonna want what you have. So live before the people and then God will give you the opportunity to talk. Wow, we should give you a refund today. Would you stand as we close in prayer this morning? Hallelujah. Father, we are thankful. We are thankful that you saved us that you took time and you were long suffering with us, but people prayed and people talked with us and people lived the life before us. And because of their faithfulness and your Holy Spirit, we became Christians. We believed. So Father, we are praying specifically for those in our prayer list, those that we know that don't know you. And I pray, Father, that you would remove the blinders from their eyes. I pray that you would open up their hearts to receive the truth. I pray that you would send us or someone else to them who is a believer to share the gospel with them. I pray that you would allow situations in their life to arise that would cause them to want to know more about you. And Lord, I pray that then you would put us in a position to be able to share with them and that their hearts are ready for it and that we're simply your tool to bring people to Christ. We are ready to go, Lord. We're ready. And I just pray that you'd prepare the field for us, open up the hearts of the people we meet, open up our hearts and our mouth to talk about the things of God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for their dedication to you. And I thank you for their dedication to win folks to the, for the glory of God. It's not a job, Lord. It's a calling. 
It's something that we want to do. We want to see people come to Jesus. So Lord, I pray you would give us that opportunity and we will thank you for what you do in this time through us for your glory. And it's in the name of Jesus we ask all these things for his sake, honor, and glory. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 You may be, I was going to say you may be seated because it's only 1140. No, you may be dismissed.